This is Ethan, and I'm here with Dave, and together we are Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast, episode 156-inch. On this episode, we interview Brad Hebert, the mastermind behind the 2018 Weird Al Vanity Tour Tracker spreadsheet. It's Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast. It's a podcast about Weird Al. It's Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast. Seriously, the whole podcast is about Weird Al. You don't have to listen, but we're glad you are. Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast. Well, we did it, Dave! We made it to the last episode of Season 3 of Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al Podcast! And not only that, but it is also our 13-foot episode. Wow! So that means for the past 156 weeks... Ahem! uh, Oh, sorry. For the past 156 inches... Much better. We have been putting out brand new, exciting, entertaining, captivating, and compelling podcast episodes all about our favorite musical artist of all time. You forgot to say engrossing. Ah, of course. And you forgot handsome? Well, I do agree Weird Al is a very handsome individual, but do we really need to say that on our podcast? No, 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 no. I mean us, the two of us, we are handsome. That doesn't even make sense in the context of what I was just saying. That has nothing to do. Yeah, what a wild ride it has been. Ethan, I am so glad that I have spent the past three years getting to talk about Weird Al with you and so many incredible guests. I couldn't not disagree more, which means I do agree. I think I don't not know not what's going on. Wow, another triple negative. So does that mean that you do believe that somebody can, uh, oh, never mind. So how do you feel about clean rappers like Will Smith? And we've met so many incredible Weird Al fans and listeners of the podcast, both online and in person. Wow, what a pretty stinking majestic three years and now 156 episodes we've had. And here's to another 1,844 more. And then we are done. And we can finally get back to our normal lives where we exclusively listen to and obsess over Barry Manilow songs. And, oh, gosh, I miss that man's sweet, sweet serenade. Oh, Barry, Barry, oh, Barry. Uh, don't worry, he'll, he'll be fine. Well, I suppose we should get to the big, huge, colossal news that everyone is talking about. That is right. Yesterday, April 26th, kicked off the start of Weird Al's unfortunate return of the ridiculously self-indulgent, ill-advised vanity tour. The 133-show tour started at the Bardavon Opera House in Poughkeepsie, New York. And Dave, you and I were there! Yeah, we were there! But, you know, unfortunately due to the complex rules and regulations set forth by the Canadian Podcast Commission's Oversight Committee on North American Touring that strictly prohibits us from telling you about the show in this context. So for everyone who wants to hear all about our pretty stinking majestic adventures in Poughkeepsie, be sure to listen to Ridiculously Self-Indulgent Bonus Episode 3 Centimeter as soon as it's available. The ridiculously self-indulgent bonus episode 3 centimeter, just like all of our bonus episodes, will first get released exclusively on our Patreon page over at patreon.com slash 2000inch. 
And, you know, then after you know, some non-specified amount of time, we will eventually release it through our normal channels for the uh, cheapskates. I mean, the uh, general public, you know, whenever our lousy, rotten, stinking intern Frank gets around to finally doing it. And speaking of the ridiculously self-indulgent bonus episode series, Dave and I intend to record a bonus episode reviewing each and every concert that at least one of us attends on the unfortunate return of the ridiculously self-indulgent, ill-advised vanity tour. Our first two episodes were recorded before the tour started and just dropped earlier this week for the general public. If you haven't listened already, be sure to check them out so you can hear our thoughts on the tour, hear which concerts we intend to attend, and hear our controversial first takes on the brand new tour merchandise. As we record new concert reviews and bonus episodes, we will put them up on Patreon as soon as they are done. So if you are not already in our Patreon family, now would be a really good time to join so you can be the first to hear all about our 38 plus concerts that Ethan and I collectively plan to attend. And our Patreon family now has access to a brand new feature, which will provide them with their very own private RSS feed. That's going to let them listen to all of the bonus episodes and any other special exclusive audio content through their favorite podcast apps. It's very cool. It's pretty stinking majestic. Well, with all of that out of the way, we can finally get to what's the happening in Weird Al related Oh. Yeah, we'll get to that later because this episode is brought to you in part by Discover Darwin, promoting tourism in Darwin, Minnesota. You twit. Not only is historic Darwin, Minnesota, uh, beautiful, it's also chock full of shaving cream. Be nice and clean. Shave every day and you'll always look keen. All right, enough of that. Darwin, Minnesota is home to the Darwin Dassel Park Horse Trail. While on the Darwin Dassel Park Horse Trail, horses may enjoy the following enriching activities. They can scratch each other's butts. They can follow things on the ground. They can play with toys. They may roll around. And sleep standing up. They may also breathe through their nose. But one thing horses may never do is ride on the trails while the ground is soft during the spring or after rainfalls. Or else... So visit Darwin, Minnesota on your next horse trotting expedition. Discover Darwin more than just a twine wall. And after you visit Darwin, Minnesota, be sure to visit discoverdarwin.biz. Well, with the unfortunate return of the ridiculously self-indulgent, ill-advised vanity tour back in full swing, we are very excited to get to this episode's interview. Dave and I are very excited to welcome to the podcast. He is a man very interested in both Weird Al and spreadsheets, much like Dave and myself. He is the creator of the 2018 Weird Al Vanity Tour song tracker, the infamous spreadsheet that tracked every single song and every performance on the 2018 ill-advised vanity tour please welcome to the podcast its creator a weird al fan our friend brad hebert how's it going brad hey thank you thank you very much for having me it was quite quite an introduction <laughs> this uh, amazing masterpiece that you you created and, and updated in 2018 is something that i found myself looking at all the time and something still to this day i will go back and reference from time to time likewise i i do as well you know i starting it had no idea that you know it would be so useful you know for me and apparently plenty of other people <laughs> indeed 
Well, we definitely have a bunch of questions we want to ask you about, you know, this amazing song tracker. But I guess before we get into that, uh, can you tell us a little bit of background about yourself? You know, how did you become a Weird Al fan? Uh, sure. You know, I should probably start by letting everyone know I'm probably literally the world's biggest Weird Al fan because I'm the only person who has seen him on every single tour going back to his first live show wow in uh 1993 most people don't know he was making music before the uh stevie wonder song they used to sing about the amish but like before that there were bootlegs you could get in the early days of online the internet most people haven't heard these one of my favorite ones was a david bowie song he sang about rice rice baby it was so weird. <laughs> like, I think you can still find it. Uh, just like search this on Google. Rice, rice, baby. Weird Al Yankovic. Oh, and uh, Elmo's Got a Gun is another good one. What's so funny? Uh, wow, you are the biggest Weird Al fan. All this amazing knowledge. <laughs> right. Uh, you, uh, you, you caught on too quick to that. <laughs> Can't pull anything past you guys. Oh, uh, what was the question? How, how, how did I get into Weird Al? Yeah, I mean, you know, almost got a gun, you know, great introduction to Weird Al. But I mean, there has to be something else that got you into Weird Al. So I think it was around 1987. Uh, I think it was like my seventh birthday party. I had some friends over and... One of them uh, got me the Polka Party cassette, and I'd never heard of Weird Al or wow. anything. And uh, I, you know, kind of had a affinity for music and stuff. But um, you know, so I put it in the tape deck and hit play, and just like was blown away and like obsessed. And you know, like uh, I just didn't want to stop listening. Uh, and you know probably had gifts to open and my mom was probably like okay you know you can stop <laughs> listening now we got a you know, this birthday party you know um but i could just you know i remember that moment i don't have a great memory but that's one that's like really burned into my brain what's really incredible about that is in the literal three years that Dave and I have, have hosted this podcast Dave correct me if I'm wrong but I believe this is the first time I've ever heard someone say that polka party was their first introduction to weird al that is very i mean it wasn't a very well-selling album when it came out i mean it's it's pretty rare for someone to say that and i think that's incredible that that was your, right. your first introduction because it's a, a really fantastic album and it, it really deserves more credit i believe um so i think that's awesome yeah you know I, i'm always going to be biased and it's going to have a special place for me because it was the first one i heard but you know it, that's all it took and you know it's still got all the you know plenty of al ingredients you know that uh, <laughs> just aren't going to disappoint on any album so um yeah that um really changed my life i became pretty obsessed and wore out like all the cassettes you know i got all the cassettes of course and mm -hmm. um you know like then i remember one part got kind of damaged on um even worse and so, like, now anytime I hear you make me, like, when it gets to that part, I kind of expect the tape to, you know, all right. <laughs> but, uh, uh, but um, yeah, and then I was already kind of interested in music, but, you know, hearing the accordion really 
caught my ear and um so i kind of begged my parents and uh, you know i'm grateful very fortunate that they kind of supported interests you know if i was passionate about something and um you know, I, I didn't want to like be like Weird Al. I knew I couldn't be a front man like that, but I liked the sound of the accordion, you know, and the mechanics of it and everything. And, um, you know, so I, you know, they waited a little while to be sure it wasn't just a little phase, but then they, you know, eventually got me one and got me some lessons, found someone in the area that could teach me a little bit. And that was kind of my first instrument, you know, and I since branched out and played some other stuff but uh yeah very influential so so you 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 got obsessed with al you started playing the accordion uh when did you actually get to see him live for the first time um you know it took me a while my you know my parents weren't too much into going to concerts and stuff like that and eventually like i kind of got a driver's license and some autonomy and uh you know for me i felt like it was later in life um 1999 uh, I think it was that I went, uh, drove, I don't know how many hours, um, seven or so to Myrtle beach, uh, from where I was in East Tennessee, um, mm. to see him play with a friend. That was like one of my first long trips, one of my first big concerts, you know? And, um, so finally got to see him. The seats weren't good. Like I didn't know anything about buying tickets or going to a concert, but we made it and I saw the show, uh, however far away I was and, you know, <laughs> loved that. Uh, and, uh, went again pretty soon, like the next year or something, and then got into college and very busy and, uh, you know, listening to all kinds of other weird music. Like I'm, you know, I'm just obsessed with music in general. I've spent way too much of my life just like looking for new music, like waiting through all this stuff that's, great but just not you know it's like every once in a while something will stand out above it and that's just what i love to do is dig around for music in life but anyway uh you know and then some time went on i grew up a little bit and went back to another show i think i'd moved to seattle at that point and saw him out there in 2012 i think um then i moved kind of back to tennessee where i'm at now and um you know then so i'm on the mandatory fun tour i think 2015 and um you know and then waited it was a few more years and then the uh you know vanity tour was announced and you know it's like my greatest dream came true like i never would have imagined he would do that you know i think that was way for most hardcore fans like this is amazing and uh totally reinvigorated you know my interest you know my musical focus went back to weird al and like i dug out all the dvds and everything i had and you know also because i ended up getting a vip ticket once and i was like oh there's this jeopardy thing like if i end up having to do some kind of trivia i want to know my stuff and so i was like watching the Weird Al show DVDs with commentary and like <laughs> yes. get into something really obscure. And of course the questions weren't that obscure. Uh, but anyway, it was just a reason to like dive as deep as I could again and listen to every piece of Al media that I had. It's incredible. I love that. <laughs> yeah. 
That's great. And then that brings you up. So is that what the spark was to start this tour tracker, getting to getting to listen to all these old songs? And then what, what was the... I guess what was the you know the spark that caused you to uh, decide to track all of these songs as they were performed? All these fun, unusual, uh, rarely played, most of them songs that turned up on the 2018 tour. Yeah, um, yeah. I can't remember if it was you know just like the first show. Um, and I can't remember the exact sequence of events, but as I was realizing, you know, there were going to be all these songs and, you know, he was playing so much that he had never played live before. Uh, you know, I just, for my own personal sanity, I needed to have some way to, you know, keep it all visualized and keep track of it. Um, it's not just something I would try to, you know, keep floating around, you know, like I needed to know everything exact and it, <laughs> It, it just wasn't really, you know, an option. It's just like, this is what I have to do. And, um, I, like I was familiar with Setlist FM at the time, but I didn't, I didn't even realize that you could kind of like group it by tour and, you know, they, they do have some cool like statistic kind of things, but it's still like, you know, for this specific tour, it's like, I wanted things organized a pretty specific way. And, you know, I mean, especially as it uh, as it went on, uh, the spreadsheet kind of uh, organized itself based off what I what I felt like it needed for the information I wanted anyway. Right. Uh, and you know, that wasn't exactly what you could get on Setlist FM. And you know, I couldn't even. I don't want to trust other people. I want to know that you know. And you know, thanks to a lot of fans on the was it um, Wowway forums? Is that how you say it? Yeah. World we're uh world of Weird Al Yankovic forums, weirdalforum.com. Yeah. And so, you know, I had a feeling I could trust people there more than anybody else for <laughs> right. like accurate <laughs> accurate set lists and stuff. So um you know, it was a it was a bit of a crowdsourcing situation to get all the data. Yeah, this is amazing. For anybody who has not actually seen this song tracker, I mean, I'm going to I'm going to do a horrible job explaining it because it is so complex. There's just so many layers to it. Basically, what you did here is you've tracked every single song that was performed and then you break it down by how many times it was performed on the tour, exactly which dates it was performed, and not just that, but where in the set list it was perform performed as well. Uh and then there's all different statistics. There's different tabs on here where you can charts and graph things out. You can see exactly the percentage of overall percentage of how many times, you know, the the song was played on the tour, the total number. You can uh, you can kind of filter it, you know, so you can get to any sort of data you really want. And it's just you could really spend, you know, anybody who's familiar with a spreadsheet or even if you're not familiar with a spreadsheet, you can just kind of come in here and just kind of crunch numbers and just kind of look at things in totally different ways that you might never have imagined to even think to look at this, these tour, these set lists, these songs. Yeah, I think it makes it, you know, even more impressive what he did to organize the tour and everything to, you know, be able to to see it all in one place. Oh, absolutely. And and um I I feel like it, at least one point Dave 
you know, help me with my memory here, but I believe we talked to Bermuda at one point and mentioned the spreadsheet, and he said he's referred to it. I believe uh, when we were talking to Lex Friedman, who was in charge of getting Weird Al onto Stitcher for this tour, he had referenced your spreadsheet, Brad. Um, you know, he had his own similar spreadsheet, but he admitted to checking yours to make sure his was accurate make sure you know everything was <laughs> yeah. matched up so you know i i can't imagine that when you were starting this project that you even would have considered that it would be shared with other people let alone seen and mentioned and, and used by people working on the tour <laughs> definitely not um i thought you know there may be a handful of fans like me who you know might think it's funny to check it out and like oh look what this weirdo did but uh yeah um <laughs> it, it tur- turns out some people found it pretty useful <laughs> one thing i really love is some of the songs do have notes attached to them so like if it was the first ever performance of that song there's a little note for that or for one of these performances of the song bob you know the note is that it was played in the wrong key uh you also have tracked things like any drum solos or any other type of solo that happened on the show which is just it's incredible and it's it's yeah it's fun to to laugh at but it's also just from a you know an an academic perspective just a really cool way to look at the entire tour i think so too um and again, a lot of the, uh, you know, the weird notes um, of something that happened unusual or even first time performances, you know, I didn't know that stuff off the top of my head. And, um, you know, it was fans that would tell me these things as they went to shows, you know, so I was there for some of them. But, uh, you know, the certainly it it made it easy when people were reporting, you know, you know, so many other people were so excited by the tour and they wanted to tell their experience. And, um, so yeah, yeah. I just followed along on those posts. Uh, and of course the, the spreadsheet, um, I was going to mention earlier, a lot of that data is, you know, it's, it's formulas that are, you know, I just plug in some of the information and then it does its own thing to generate, uh, the percentages and, uh, may, you know, even like some color coding formatting that happens, right. uh, right. uh, automatically based off of, uh, formulas and a lot of that stuff, like, um, I was certainly, you know, I'm no master at Excel or anything, but anything I kind of wanted to do, I could ask around and, you know, on the internet, there's, you know, people as passionate as I am about Weird Al, they're passionate about spreadsheets, you know, there are forms for that. So I could go on and ask them, hey, how do I do this? And, <laughs> right. uh, you know, so I just I used a lot of other people to get the spreadsheet to where it is. No, I say it is an incredible spreadsheet. It really is just the, you know, uh, whatever you started out with and then transformed it into this thing at the end, it, it is beautiful. It is, a, it is a masterpiece. It is wonderful. It's a great <laughs> reference site. It's a great reference tool. We've already talked about that. And it's just, it's so full of detail. It, it is absolutely amazing i'm just curious now brad obviously you know as the shows are happening you're collecting data as they go along uh uh, did you ever run into any issues where you just couldn't track down data for any particular shows no i don't i don't think so it seems like you know every show had somebody who was ready to maybe there were one or two that took a little longer um but, you know, 
the vast majority had fans, you know, ready. I guess the spreadsheet got a little more popular as it went on, and people were, you know, more eager to to kind of help out with it. I, you know, I don't know if it was just that, but I mean, they were posting on the thread about it to to help right um, with that information. But you know, each city, I think, you know, each yeah city had its own thread, and you know, certainly some of the stuff just came from those individual. Uh, threads and there may have been one or two shows that were in some kind of you know it felt like maybe they were some of the more remote type venues and stuff that uh took um like it had to wait a few days or something for somebody to okay hold on a second my my dog is uh wanting my attention sorry (laughs) no worries Sorry about that. Yes. Sorry. So, so yeah. So for the most part, you were able to track down data as you know it was coming out. Maybe a few days here or there. It might have took you to update a couple of these shows. I'm curious. At the end of the tour, you know, Weird Al released on Stitcher the entire tour. Did you go back at all and listen to any of those shows? And if so, did you end up having to make any corrections to any of the data in the spreadsheet based on those shows or add any information? I I can't remember, you know, specifically doing that, um, that there's, um, a few things I could say about that. So uh, part of me, you know, I was wondering as, as many people that have, you know, kind of looked at it, you know, and kind of verified things after the fact, I was like, people, please like check as much as you know, and try to confirm, uh, that what you see is correct. Uh, I'm still wondering, like, is there, there's gotta be like one or two little things that, uh, don't quite, uh, match up. So I want to challenge <laughs> if anyone's listening to like, listen to every single Stitcher show and follow the spreadsheet and like verify and audit it for me. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Uh, um, you know, it's, uh, I would kind of love to hear every show, but one thing, um, I, I think another fan, I don't know if you would know who it was, but they wanted to start a project where like we, they kind of wanted to crowdsource fans to pick a song, like each person kind of pick a song and try to listen to it like every version on Stitcher and like review it or whatever and try to like I figure remember out which something versions like that. were best. Whew, that was a huge undertaking. There were a lot of people who were like, "Oh yeah, I want to do that." And I did. <laughs> I, there were there were some songs that were special to me, two songs and and so I was like, "I'm going to do it." And I did it. And that, you know, I don't think people, you know, realized how big an undertaking, you know, I think even the person that organized it eventually it was kind of like uh this is too uh, <laughs> overwhelming but i i went through my two songs darn it and uh i uh you know made notes for every single one but i'm you know i'm i've studied a lot of music and you know i kind of understand how instruments work and all that and was able to you know make more detailed notes than anybody's going to care about but at least i was able to like pick out the ones i really like and kind of like put them as my favorites in my uh you know mp3 collection or whatever right um yeah so anyway those two songs are nature trail to hell and um the biggest ball twine in minnesota which were kind of like the ones i wanted to hear live most yeah oh those are 
yeah, those were probably oh, for sure, yeah. up there for me, too, on, on that last tour. I wanted to go through a couple of these insights that, that we can glean from, from your spreadsheet. For example, the, the song that was played the most was the Unplugged Medley, which was played every single show. <laughs> so that was that was the, the most played song. And then the second most played song was, unsurprisingly, The Saga Begins, which was the closer to 60 uh, of the shows. And, you know, there are songs that just really weren't played very often. Some of the the lower ones, actually the lowest one of the, the main set and not any of like the the fake songs or the the solos was that boy could dance and that unfortunately was the one song i did not get to hear on the 10 shows i went to mm. so you would have only had a 9.09% chance to have heard that boy could dance and i missed the boat on that one unfortunately i got to hear that i did get to hear that one dave i think you did too didn't you i did i did i got to hear i that might have been one of the last ones i was waiting to hear too i think uh I think it might have been. I don't remember exactly where I where I heard that the first time, but uh, I'm, I'm looking at. I'm actually using the spreadsheet right now to try if I see if I can track that information down. But yeah, I did actually get to to hear every single song on the tour. You know, other than you know some of these uh, the, those one time only cover songs. Obviously, I didn't go or, to every single show yeah. on the tour in order to do that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, crunching these data is is you know is, is a lot of fun and you did a lot of it already but you know just just kind of sorting through and uh and just kind of getting to go through them and hearing and checking out just how frequently a lot of these songs were played and weren't and then just you know amazingly you know like something like you know the biggest ball of twine in minnesota was played at more at more than half of the shows when like you said the uh you know that boy could dance was played at less than 10% of the show. So yeah. it's kind of interesting to see, you know, I, Al is the one who put together the set lists. We know that, you know, why did he choose the set list and how did he choose the frequency for these songs? It's, it's a very interesting look into Al's uh, thought process. Here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I, you know, I'm sure that was part of my interest as well. Um, I, I do have to say that I, I lied. I, I, I wasn't there for that boy could dance. I, you know, I heard it on a recording. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, that wasn't intentionally lying. Oh, was, I, I found it. It was the American Music Theater in Lancaster, Pennsylvania was the first time I heard oh, that. Oh, okay. On, on uh, March 18th. And I know that because I'm looking at it in this spreadsheet. So this is a great. It's wonderful. Right. And that was only the second time he played played That Boy Could wow. Dance on the entire tour. So I got to hear it the second time he played it on the That's tour. That's awesome. And the first time, oh, I missed the first time he played it. This is an interesting fact. At the, the Danforth Music Theater in Toronto, according to the notes here, it says this is the first known live performance of That Boy Could Dance. Yeah. So considering that, wow. Al has played That Boy Could Dance live for an audience seven times. <laughs> And Dave, you got to see one of those. So that's at least one of those. So that's very cool. One seventh. At least one of me. I have to look at the other ones. Now, a, a number that really jumps out for me, and I think any other nerdy fan would see this number too, is three of the songs were played on exactly 27.27% of the shows. <laughs> and that was Fun Zone. Mr. Frump and the Iron Lung and Airline Amy. So I think that's just uh, that's something that we would have never known without this spreadsheet. That it's exactly two seven point two seven percent. Yeah, 
And somebody, I think, pointed that out to me before I had even noticed it, you know, and I was like, wow, yep, that's a good observation, Um, you know, and I would think it's maybe, you know, just a coincidence, but Fun Zone was the very first song played on the tour in the very first night, and that's one of the 2727s, so, you know, that's starting to get... (laughs) (laughs) did al plan that yeah you have to wonder too right because mr frump in the iron lung is one of you know one of the very very first songs that weird al ever learned how to play on the accordion so that song's very special to him and airline amy a-m-y alfred matthew yankovic he's made that connection (laughs) before you wonder if those songs were intentionally done by weird al to be 27.27 percent and if so amazing (laughs) great credit to you weird al you are really cracking the code there this is (laughs) national treasure (laughs) deep illuminati secrets i could be or it could just be a total coincidence Was there anything else weird like that 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 jumped out to you as you know in all the time you spent with this spreadsheet, Brad? You know, more of it was hearing things from other people. There, there was another thread um, that was I may have started. I can't remember, um, but it was like anomalies and uh, oddities or something from the tour, <laughs> like things that you know you could mm-hmm. tell weren't like this version wasn't played the same as it was every other time or, you know, uh, something bizarre because yeah, I wanted to start a thread and encourage that to be, you know, also get notes to put in the, the spreadsheet as much as I could. Um, so that's where a lot of those came from. Um, and the, like, I think there was one, somebody posted something like, um, Al sang half a verse of us, you know, it's like, I think maybe people thought it was the first time he performed it. And it's like, well, he sang half a verse of it in an interview in 1985 <laughs> or something. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you know, I'm a big fan, but wow. Uh, you know, and I just don't have that kind of memory either. But Now, this is a great one that, that you do have noted in the spreadsheet. This was on the April 28th show in Wichita, Kansas, the Orpheum Theater. Um, Dave, actually, uh, one of our, our good friends and, and listeners, uh, Blair, shared this with us recently, that when singing Nature Trail to Hell, Al said, see that buddy Hackett coming right at you. <laughs> <laughs> love it. It's so bizarre. I love that. I love that it's in here and we can easily find that and reference that. Yeah, those those really take the sheet to the next level. You know, without those notes, it would be fine and like technically good but you know the people that added in those crazy details just like you know really put it in the next dimension for sure that's a good one absolutely now i seem to remember at one point and i i wasn't able to figure this out before we started chatting but at one point i believe maybe more than once but at least one point al mentioned like oh add that to the spreadsheet or something during the tour do you remember or know where that was when that came up um hmm. i i remember people saying that when it happened and i was like wow really like is he talking about this spreadsheet um and that's funny because i think i would have been 
it, it may not be on the sheet and just you know maybe i should put it in there as a note because I, I know i do have that information saved somewhere you know probably where a couple people brought it up yeah in which i, I think i eventually found the recording of the show and like put that little clip out because i was like hey, i think he might be talking about this sheet here <laughs> he um, definitely was so talking I, about I say, this sheet. <laughs> I, yeah but i you know i think out of you know trying not to be too bragging about the sheet i might not have put it in there but if not i think you know it's worth adding in there i should probably do that so um i'll try to remember because <laughs> off the top of my head i don't remember like which show it was but yeah i i did take the the clip of the audio out uh, as well as from <laughs> right. some of i i got to admit from some of your all's uh podcasts when people have mentioned that i also uh you know snipped out those moments uh oh cool <laughs> oh great <laughs> from my own archives and i mean i'm kind of a digital hoarder it kind of goes into how this all comes about because you know as far as i could remember you know even back in the cassette tape days i was recording stuff and uh taking pictures and documenting things and um i, I had a you know like my grandmother kept pretty good photo albums really organized and stuff and my mom too and you know i would like scan those photos and digitally and organize them that way you know and all this stuff just like adds up and it's uh, you know sort of a weird addiction maybe that i have um because it's overwhelming and kind of impossible to keep track of but i just do my best to find ways to organize it all and um you know and like all like all the concerts i've ever been to i don't know um i'm sure it's well over a hundred mm-hmm. um maybe in the hundreds now you know i've got a a document for that and you wow. know just tons of like text documents and things of like all these things i've done in my life kind of organized so when i reference i'm like did i see that band when was that long you know I'll pull up the document oh. and uh search and find it so that and it and i kind of got into work in that field like i studied percussion in to college a little ways like playing music um and but as i got into college like i was always recording our concerts and keeping arca and videotaping them and stuff and uh you know i think my te- my teacher was like maybe you should think about going to recording school you like doing that so much and so you know <laughs> i got into recording audio and like post production for video and like delivery you know and that's kind of what i you know i've been doing for quite a few years now and it's you know a lot of that is managing huge amounts of videos and um like raw footage and stuff and keeping track of it and a lot of spreadsheets and it was really a one of my bosses who you know would develop ways for us to use spreadsheets to keep track of you know like thousands and thousands of digital assets you know and it's like this would be impossible without some kind of like database and spreadsheets and uh so he helped me understand the power of that kind of thing and you know it's like i can do that i'm not like a computer programmer but um and yeah that was you know i think he was my boss at the time when the spreadsheet happened so it was a (laughs) confluence of the stars aligning i think the question that probably dave and i and maybe every single person listening has is with the brand new vanity tour in 2022 do you think you're going to resurrect this project and create a new spreadsheet? Well, yes. And 
I'm here to announce it's going to be behind a very expensive paywall. (laughs) Only elites will be able to see. No, Um, absolutely. You know, at first I was like, I don't know if I'll do it again. But, you know, it didn't take long with that idea rolling around to be like, yeah, of course I'm going to do it again. (laughs) And I'm... I'm certainly looking forward to that. Uh, you know, I, I think I have all my the tickets that I'm going to be attending this time. Uh, and yeah, you know, the the first tour, I ended up going to more shows than I had originally planned on. Um, <laughs> which uh, there's a there's a little bit of a story there. I don't know if you uh, want to hear about my personal experience on the yes the 2018 tour let's hear it but well as i said you know i really wanted to hear nature trail to hell and biggest ball of twine in minnesota and uh you know the tour started and i'm doing the spreadsheet and like you said it was like 50 percent or more for the twine ball so you know i had i don't know at least four or five tickets to shows so i'm like you know the odds are very much in my favor about this and um (laughs) so uh the first one i went to was in lexington and um i got there you know early and was kind of killing time walking around the town a little bit and i thought i'd stop in this uh restaurant bar thing and get a drink and um i was kind of there for a moment and looked over and it's like this guy looks familiar and uh i was like aren't you like are you with Al? And he's like, yeah, yeah. Uh, and he was, uh, I guess the stage manager, Hawkeye. Oh, cool. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, cool. Yeah. You know, I'd, I'd recognized him from, you know, I think he's been on older live videos or something. And, uh, and so that was, you know, right off the bat, kind of funny. And, you know, there's like somebody there with him and, you know, he was super nice. And, uh, we chatted briefly, he said it was somebody in the crew's birthday, I think. And, you know, and I was like, I wonder if he believes that I really, you know, wasn't actually stalking him. Hopefully, because <laughs> uh, you know, I know there are plenty of people who want to, you know, see any glimpse of Weird Al or any of his crew. So, but that was not the case there. I just happened to end up in the same place. Um, but uh, that was a good show. I, I think um, might have heard Nature Trail to Hell that night i think right off the bat got that one checked off the list so um i was happy and uh then i think he went around a little while and then came back to louisville which was close but um that one i don't think i was originally planning to go to at first but uh, then i kind of changed my mind and at that time uh the tickets like there weren't too many seats available and the only decent ones were vip and that's something I'd never really gone for, but I was like, you know, this tour is special and I want to get some decent seats. And so I yeah. splurged once for the, the VIPs. Um, very glad I did. Um, I ended up bringing my mom to that show, uh, which cool. was kind of nice. Cause she was, she was in, you know, supportive of me and everything. Um, you know, both my parents were as a kid, you know, she knew I was huge into weird Al and would, buy the albums and stuff for me and uh you know so i was glad to be able to take her and um we both met him briefly and i so at that point already he had already i guess mentioned the spreadsheet so i 
printed out the you know state of it at that time and <laughs> gave gave it to him to sign there. Uh, so I've got I've got amazing. the spreadsheet up to that point. I love that. Autographed by him. What did he say? Uh, what did he say when you had him sign it? Well, from what people said, you know that he mentioned it. I thought you know he would instantly know, but he just kind of. Uh, uh, it was kind of hard to read. Um, he, uh, I'm sure, was you know pretty tired and everything. I mean, he was definitely pleasant and nice, and he. But I just remember him kind of investigating it, like he was just really looking at it, you know, and not saying too much. And uh, like maybe maybe a little confused, or maybe he was just trying to like decipher it all right, right. off the, the bat there. But uh, anyway, uh, and my mom's there also trying to talk to him because uh, I had her bring an old keyboard magazine that had him on the cover that i've had you know since that magazine came out and i was like mom here you have him sign this magazine so you know and she was trying to talk to him about how my third grade teacher took that magazine away from me because i just wanted to like read it over and over again in class (laughs) instead of paying attention (laughs) and and she had to go like (laughs) confront the teacher because she wouldn't give it back to me oh my goodness Yeah, that third grade teacher was not a was my least favorite teacher ever. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um. So, continuing. Um, the next show I saw was in Chattanooga, and I think that's the smallest venue I've ever seen him in. It was a nice theater, but it was uh, quite small, and uh, you know it's a good show, but you know still hadn't heard Biggest Ball of Twine. And, uh, and a little bit later, went to Atlanta. Um, at that show, I got there super early and waited in the car and I guess had my key on and accidentally drained my battery. And uh, Oof. so fortunately, yeah. there was a fan there who, uh, you know, jumped my car off. And so I sat in it for like 30 minutes running to charge up the battery yeah. anyway. Um, oh, no. You know, these things happen when you get out and go on road trips. Uh, of course. So... Uh, it was another good show, but still no twine ball. And uh, I'm like, wow, you know, this was supposed to be. My sheet was telling me half the shows I've seen, seen <laughs> right? You know, Four, what's going on? And uh, so then uh, I went to Nashville, and um, the, the that show I sat down uh, in front of the Wooten brothers. I don't know if you know who they are, um, Victor Wooten and. Uh, Future Man from um, Bela Flex, kind of fusiony, uh, wow, okay, music group. But they're uh, you know really excellent musicians, and they're from Nashville. And you know I'm sitting right behind them at, at the Weird Al show, and I, I had to, to say something. It's you know because I was just sitting there by myself, and I was like, hey, uh, aren't you? Uh, future man and so anyway that was kind of cool to, to <laughs> cool. see them there I, w- I wouldn't really have expected them to be at a weird al show but uh that was cool that's incredible um but you know and that was going to be my last show and it ended and you know or you know he got to the part where all the uh the main originals were done and got into his you know the end which was the medley and saga begins or whatever and all that and I, and so I got to say the end of that I was kind of like wow I still I'm in some kind of vortex of twine ballessness <laughs> or wow. something and uh, you know I kind of hate to say it, after all these amazing shows you know that that one was kind of like ah you know 
a little bummed, but it was an amazing experience anyway. But, um, so anyway, I, uh, had been planning to see some friends of mine out in LA. I've got some family and friends out there and it just kind of hit me a little bit later that, you know, maybe I should plan this trip around the Weird Al shows in LA <laughs> and, you know, was able to find tickets for the, for two shows he did two in LA. And I went to the first one and, uh, it was a nice theater, you know, enjoyed it. Still no twine ball. Oh, and then the man. second, the second show was my last <laughs> possible chance. You know, finally <laughs> he played the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. And oh, you know, after, all, after all this like, uh, anticipation, you know, I was like, it's not gonna be, you know, it's not going to live up to all the hype and anticipation I had for it, but it totally did. It was glorious. And I was like, you know, <laughs> like tearing up and stuff, you know, it was, uh, it was a pretty transcendent moment wow. to, you know, finally hear that song because it's you know it's it's beautiful it's got this orchestration in the middle it's all like glorious and uh you know i was able to end uh you know my last show of that tour on a very very high note (laughs) and how many more would you have gone to if for some reason he didn't play it (laughs) i i really don't think i don't think it would have been possible that would have been the last chance at all wow wow yeah yeah, I'm so glad that it worked but out. But I, I knew, you know, also uh, as like if he plays two shows in the same town, which you know, whenever he did that, he like never repeated really True. anything. True. I think was part of his point. So, um, I was like, that would just, you know, how could that not happen? Unfortunately, I, <laughs> I heard it, so I was able to. Well, I'm glad that story had a happy ending. <laughs> yeah, I would be. Who knows? I would be in a very bad place now. You wouldn't be talking to me. If that <laughs> well, I, I hope that we have some crossover on the 2022 tour because you said you're in Tennessee and Dave and I are going to at least three shows in Tennessee. So hopefully there's some crossover. Hopefully we'll get to, to actually meet you in person and contribute directly to the, the spreadsheet. But this other question's kind of been burning a, a hole in my, my brain for a long time. Um, I, I would say that we could call you, you know, the king of the spreadsheets at this point. So just, you got to answer, do you got them all printed out on your bed sheets? Um, you know, I, I'm, uh, I've got somebody working on a, a quilt actually. Really? For me, but no, no. Oh, but come on. You gotta I, do that. To... <laughs> I, I'm trying to remember if, you know, I think I considered like printing them out and, taking a picture, but I, I don't think I did that, but maybe, you know, after this tour, <laughs> I'll print out all the spreadsheets and, and put them on the bed sheets. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Brad, we are so happy. We got to chat with you right at the beginning, right as the tour is starting for the 2022, the unfortunate return of the ridiculously self-indulgent, ill-advised vanity tour. We're so excited to see how the 2022, Weird Al Vanity Tour song tracker makes out. Uh, I know Dave and I will certainly be contributing in any way that we can for the shows that we're going to. Um, Hopefully our listeners can contribute if they're going to some, you know, obscure shows or something. 
so we cannot wait to see see what it turns out to be. Brad, we can check out. Uh, you've got this old website that you mentioned to us before the interview, where people can get some of your contact information if they want to get in touch with you. It is bradhebert.net, and that's b-r-a-d-h-e-b-e-r-t.net. And uh, I'm sure your spreadsheet will be shared all over the place, but Dave and I will make sure that a link lives somewhere on our website, probably on the show page um, for this episode, so people can easily reference to it and, and get to it and save it to their favorites and bookmarks uh, for for many years of, of future reference. Uh, so with all that, that said, Brad, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for, for sharing the process and, and telling us your inspiration and, and everything about it. This has been a lot of fun. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's, uh, you know, not every day I meet people that I get to geek out so much about it with. And uh, <laughs> thank you for, you know, enjoy a lot of your podcasts I've listened to. And, um, you know, if anyone out there, has ideas for you know improving the sheet somehow um things like that reach out let me know we'll make the next one even better well you know dave and i are, are definitely going to have some of those suggestions for you you know when we were reviewing the strings attached to her uh episodes we did an episode for every single show that one of us saw and i think at least every every bonus episode referenced your spreadsheet and how you know we were hoping that our listeners were creating a spreadsheet based on crazy things like where the if the green tape sticker was there or if you know what color al's drink was for jurassic park so you know it certainly it sparked a lot of joy for dave dave and i and, and for a lot of weird al fans so thanks again for creating this spreadsheet and yes for being on the podcast cool yeah i can't wait to go to these shows and hope to see you all there well thank you once again to brad hebert for that incredible interview we cannot wait to see what he comes up with for this tour be sure to check out the episode page on our website, weirdalpodcast.com, for links to the 2018 Weird Al Vanity Tour song tracker and the brand new 2022 Weird Al Vanity Tour song tracker. Be sure to check out the tabs at the bottom of Brad's spreadsheet for extra fun items like charts and graphs and all the original songs that Al did not play on that tour, as well as other enriching content. Well, this isn't really where we usually schedule the news, but I feel the winds are changing and feel an openness to accept change. So without further ado, it's time for What's Happening in Weird Al Related News. Let's see... Well, there's no news to report. And yeah, if there is any news, well, you know, we can't tell you. Canadian Podcast Commission regulations again? Yep, uh, that works. Hmm, I'd really blocked out more time for this section. Well, maybe, maybe a spatula hotline message will come through, huh? Huh? <laughs> oh, it sounds like we have a message on oh, the... Oh, three- sorry, that was, uh, Frank. <laughs> <laughs> This definitely does not smell like Frank. It was Frank! (laughs) Anyway, since there is either no Weird Al related news or we're choosing to save it to talk about elsewhere or the Canadian government is censoring us or something, maybe we can address the podcast related news? Sure, let me just... Now it's time for What's Happening in Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast-related news! Uh, we can still do that, right? Alright, well, I'll check the Canadian Podcast Commission guidelines. 
Yep, I think we're good. Um, I'm pretty sure that's just a Wizard Burger wrapper. Now, as many of you now know, the music artist Weird Al Yankovic is going on what's called a tour where he will be playing what are called concerts. Yeah, you know, our audience is pretty smart. I think they get that. Okay, yes, you're right. So anyway, between Dave and I, we are intending to attend at least 38 of these concerts, and we plan to record a review for each of them. But what you may not realize is that Ethan and I also have a podcast dedicated to our all-time favorite and the all-time greatest musician of all time called Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast. Yes, and this podcast, as it's referred to, takes what we like to refer to as a lot of freaking time to make. And while our intern Frank does most of the heavy lifting... Well, all of the heavy lifting. Well, yeah, but Ethan and I are still needed for certain parts of producing this podcast. In order to maintain the quality you love and the quality that those in our Patreon family respect... Brand new Inch episodes may no longer drop every week as they've done for the past three years straight. When they do drop, they will still be on Wednesdays, and bonus episodes will continue to drop whenever intern Frank decides to push that darn button. We know that you know that we are huge fans of Weird Al and his band, and this tour is obviously a dream situation for us. Plus, we get to be on the road and interact with other fans and friends, many of which we have not seen in years, who all share that same passion as us. So it should be no surprise that we want to take the opportunity to enjoy as many of those concerts as possible. And don't worry, don't worry, we still have every intention of making the same high-quality podcasts that you have known to expect from us. Just don't be surprised if a full inch episode does not drop every single week like you are used to. One thing you can count on is that you can continue to expect our lousy, rotten intern Frank to continue to be lousy and or rotten. Oh, yeah. Like just like yesterday when our intern Frank messed up my lunch. Oh, boy. The parts per million of salt molecules were off by at least 1.6527% in my mashed potatoes. Can you believe that? I can't believe you forgave him for that, Dave. Is that what he told you? I certainly did not forgive him for that. That's not what he told me. Oh, okay, well, we'll address that later. But as long as our listeners are subscribed to the podcast, like we've been telling you to do each and every week for three full years, then you have nothing you need to do. That's right. When a new episode is ready, your podcast app or intern or whatever will take care of the rest. All right, so how are we uh, doing on time? Uh, Say something silly. We got three seconds to fill. Santa eats wheeze, chiz. Banana fudge Sunday. Perfect. That was exactly the amount of time I had blocked off. Oh no! My schedule! Sounds like we've got ourselves a message on the 347 Spatula Hotline, the official hotline of Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast. Alrighty, intern Frank, now it's time for you to shine and play that message for us. Hey Dave, hey Ethan, it's Kenneth from Tacoma, Washington. I just pulled out my ukulele. And the song just popped into my head, so I thought I'd play it for you. Come with me to a magic land. You'll find Weird Al and his band. A podcast show gave an Ethan of the host. 2,000 inch, it's bigger than most. 
Thank you so much for that lovely song, Kenneth. I always love it when you send us some nice original Kenneth Gwynup material. I love that. Pretty stinking majestic, of course. Completely on theme. I just can't wait to be wearing my brand new Weird Al Hawaiian shirt and listen to that on repeat. We're so lucky to have so many amazing, talented listeners. Keep those calls coming in. Okay, okay. I moved a few things around on the schedule. Now, as long as we throw to the closing credits right now, we'll be back on track with this episode. This episode? This episode. This episode is brought to you in part by Vegan Burrito Restaurant, Burrito Burrito in Troy, New York, home of the two-pound double-wrapped in a quesadilla burrito burrito and Wizard Burger in Albany, New York. Come on down to Burrito Burrito and Burrito Burrito, your Burrito Burrito, or hop on over to Wizard Burger like we are doing today right before tonight's concert for mouth-watering loaded, dare I say, beefy vegan burgers. From Troy to Albany to Uranus, Burrito Burrito and Wizard Burger feed the hungry with out-of-this-world plant-based real food, always vegan style. Visit burritosquared.com and wizardburger.com to order ahead. Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast is brought to you absolutely free thanks to our incredible sponsors Burrito Burrito, Discover Darwin, and Jackson Scoggins. Our podcast is also supported by everyone in our Patreon family, with special thanks to our amazing close personal friend level Patreon supporters, Jake, Blair, Jared, Allison, Frank from the Bank, Adriana, Zeb, Scott, UH Jeff, Javier, Kenneth, and also thanks to Robert and everyone else in our pretty stinking majestic Patreon family. If you enjoy our family-friendly, wild and wacky, and not necessarily weekly Weird Al podcast, please consider supporting us at patreon.com slash 2000inch. There are awesome benefits like getting your name on the podcast and access to secret episodes. And now would be a good time to join if you haven't already, because you will be the absolute first to hear our The Unfortunate Return of the Ridiculously Self-Indulgent Ill-Advised Vanity Tour Concert Review Bonus Episodes. And don't forget to check out our official merchandise over at shop.2000inch.com. The unfortunate return of the ridiculously self-indulgent ill-advised vanity tour is underway right now. So make sure you get your orders in today for your We Hate Intern Frank shirts so you can share just exactly how you feel about our lousy, rotten, farting, smelly, ugly intern Frank with everyone else on the tour. We love hearing from our listeners and other Weird Al fans. Join our Facebook community and post about Weird Al by visiting group.2000inch.com. And we also love it when we receive voicemail via our official patent-pending 27-hour-a-day podcast hotline, 347 Spatula. You might even hear your message in a future episode. For everything about our podcast, including incredible past episodes and guests, be sure to visit us at weirdalpodcast.com. And while you're there, click on black and white and weird all over bonus episodes for our special bonus episode book series, where author John Bermuda Schwartz walks us through his book page by page and picture by picture. And while you're there... Be sure to also click on Ridiculously Self-Indulgent Bonus Episodes to follow along with our adventures on this tour. Keep up on new episodes, podcast news, and events by following at 2000inch on Facebook, Twitter, 
Twitter and Instagram. And thank you for subscribing and leaving reviews on your favorite podcast apps. Make sure you're subscribed because not only does it help the podcast, but it also does a wonder on Bunions. Thank you once again to our guest, Brad Hebert. Thank you to Jackson Scoggins. And thank you to Kenneth Gwinnup for calling in with that wonderful song. And an extra special shout out to our good friend and beer aficionado, Joe Jaffa. Thank you to the Grammy Award winning Jim Kimo West for our incredible podcast theme song. And thank you to Weird Al Yankovic, as this podcast probably would not exist without him. And a big thank you to all of you our listeners, subscribers, Patreon supporters and sponsors, and everyone else who makes our podcast possible. Thank you for choosing Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast for the past three years. And until next time, remember to gill and chill. All right, Ethan, I don't think I've ever asked you, what are you most looking forward to on the unfortunate return of the ridiculously self-indulgent, ill-advised vanity tour? I'm sure the music is going to be great, and I can't wait to surround myself with friends old and new, and get out of the house, and tour chase, and see parts of the country I've never been to, but honestly, I really just want to see if that weird green square is still around. That was Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast, episode 156-inch. Hopefully there's a spreadsheet tracking these taglines. Come with me to a magic land. You'll find Weird Al and his band. A podcast show Dave and Ethan are the hosts. 2,000 inch is bigger than most. David Ethan, 2,000 inch Weird Al podcast. Yeah. Elmo's got a gun is another good one.